Project Skeptic brings you PodFest 2023, April 23rd through the 29th. Seven episodes in seven days. Featuring Brent Hand from Hysteria 51, Justin Zinger from Zing This, Andy Hart from Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time Podcast, David Flora of Blurry Photos, and Ron of the Twisted Ten. Be there. April 23rd through the 29th on Project Skeptic. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Zingness, or should I say Knights of Vader? As long as as long as you don't say Zeng Wars, which doesn't exist, I will be fine with that. I mean, technically it doesn't, because Ellie just won't read the Thrawn gra- graphic, not even novel, graphic novel, and I've read the other one. <sighs> Anyways, I can't wait for, and yes, I'm starting the episode this way. I can't <laughs> wait for her to watch this show, which I'm sure you read the title, we're going to be talking about the Ahsoka reveal. Uh, mostly me just just obsessing over the fact I'm going to see live action Thrawn and I might actually be disappointed. She's going to be like, this Thrawn character seems interesting. Is there more about him? And I am going to eat books, audio thing, just everything possible and be like, I told you so long ago. But anyways, um, on this episode, I am joined by the great Zach of, um, Cinemodities fame. Oh yes. Pick the podcast I haven't done in roughly six months. <laughs> Perfect. Um, I, I didn't want to say Knights of Vader because those are dirty words on this podcast. So, oh, well, I forgot about that. Knights of Vader is a dirty phrase on uh, Zengness. I mean, it can be. I, I'm just indifferent. Every now and then it pops up, but it's always in the description as check out other stuff Zinger does. So on that note, um, Star Wars celebrations had announcements, had stuff. I've been pleasantly in like blinders up to Star Wars content. And I honestly think Obi-Wan and Boba Fett made me stop wanting to know anything about the series before I watched it. Really? Yes, because at this point, I'm like, I want to be surprised. And you know what? I will say this. How's this week's episode of Mandalorian? I haven't watched it at the time of this recording. And by this week's, I mean oh God. the one that um featured a certain cameo. Because I know about Cam- the cameo. Cameos, Zanger. Cameos. Okay. Plural. Well, well, anyways, I, I I knew about the one, but the um uh, chapter twenty two episode six, Gun for Hire, which is a Bryce Dallas Howard, which as we've established on Knights of Vader, mm-hmm. best episodes come from her. So that I I don't know if I agree with that assessment, but I can definitely say that this one breaks that uh, philosophy. Oh 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 okay cool. Well I I guess <laughs> I'll watch it, and then after that we'll have. I mean, by the time you, dear listener, are listening to this, hopefully, if you are listening to the day it comes out, as you should, um, the penultimate episode will be available. And can I say this has been a waffling of a season? Oh, God. it's uh, Has there been a – in order for something to waffle, at least part of it has to be entertaining. I mean, it's – it's okay, we, we will talk about the Ahsoka thing because, like I said, I feel me knowing more about what's coming – Makes it like boring, more boring because it's like I I know what I'm going to expect now, so I don't know. I've just I mean I'm still excited about Star Wars stuff, but it's just I don't want to do like the 
constantly looking up stuff and knowing what's going to come. I mean, yes, I've known Thrawn's going to be a part of this for the Ahsoka thing for a while, but getting to see it, oh my God. Like, and you didn't even see him. You just saw the back of his head. And I was mm. still freaking out enough to almost flip a table. So, literally. Like, I, I watched this on my phone because it made me freeze instantly. And I was like, I, I gotta watch this right now. And and my, my, my response was squealing, almost yeeting the table. Like, I was stoked. <laughs> so, needless to say, if you want an opportunity to possibly disenfranchise me, as Zach would say, this might be it. So, anyways... Zach, I'm going to throw to you real quick. Um, I We'll get into your overall response to the rest of this, but what was your response to the back of the head? I was, I, I will say back of the head was great. Uh, 10 out of 10 subscribed. But my favorite part is when Ahsoka said the thing. Oh, she, 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 she's like, Thrawn is still out there. He's the heir to the Empire. And God, I'm like, I, I, I love when like, she looked into the camera too. She did. She did. And everybody at home all at once did the... Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio meme of pointing at the screen like all at once the internet did that and it's like she said the thing she said the title of a 30 year old book that's not canon that is not canon and everything that they've done has gone out of its way of not making it canon yet they said the words ah and everybody cheered um but no I mean I like, like I said that that to me was sort of like icing on like that that wasn't even icing on a cake that was like a, a a scoop of ice cream beside the cake like that that was me having my cake and eating it too was was getting like to just see because that because i'm wondering i have a theory that we might get a reveal of thrawn on on the final episode of mando this season like through like a hologram uh... because that's how they do it I don't know about that. I don't think Thrawn's what they're leading to in Mando. Well, I haven't seen the last episode. I know that they're building towards um, what's his name still out there? Um, Moff Gideon. That's yeah, it. I was about to say Tarkin, but I'm like, nope, wait, dead, <laughs> dead, dead, and CG'd. Yeah, so. D- dead and CG'd. The worst combo. Exactly, but I, I'm I I don't know. I, like you said, the rumor is that he's actually behind like the moth gideon stuff because everyone and and the thing that irritated me was i know a ton of people are like well those are the tie fighters he uses that were chasing them i'm like those are tie advances the the type oh my gosh learn your interceptor interceptor yeah yeah he had the tie sorry he had the tie advances those were tie interceptors so just no wait defenders his were the tie defenders god it's been it's yes, been like a minute wings. since I yeah it's been a minute since I've read the other Thrawn books but no I'm I'm super excited for this and the only thing that's itching at the back of my head is while I love Thrawn in like the books and by that I mean the new Timothy Zahn trilogy but not the which, one which, st- with the, not the one where Thrawn's still <laughs> with the Chiss the ones where he's with the which Empire. Thrawn trilogy. Which Thrawn trilogy, Zanger? Two. The, the Thrawn second trilogy, one. The second one. The Thrawn trilogy or the third Thrawn trilogy? The, you lose track after a while. The prequel to the sequel. The prequel to the prequel or the sequel to the pre. Oh my gosh. It, it gets confusing. Exactly. Can you. Is there any way to suggest people delve into Thrawn as a character without genuinely confusing them? Um, Read the second. Like. 
trilogy, the one that's just called, it starts with just straight up Thrawn. And then that one, the one where he's working with the Empire. Because to me, I've never finished him where he's with the Chist. I, I find it, I, I think me and you discussed this a long time ago, but it's Thrawn, Thrawn is really cool. But basically the Chists are just a ton of, just it's it's basically everybody Sherlock Holmes, sort of. Yes, so it's, it's a lot. It, it's it feels like again. I I have all three of the third Thrawn trilogies, which is the um, first Thrawn trilogy chronologically. Yes, yes. Um, but the thing I will say is that like those I only read maybe a few chapters in that first book, and that book is like I think it was another attempt of them trying to do like a, a Game of Thrones, like they wanted that palace intrigue. Yeah. But without like the medieval blood and gore, I think they're trying to do like Star it. Trek. Game. You have it right there, just Empire. Just have a ton of people backstab. Oh wait, they did that Nandor, and it worked phenomenal. Wow. Sorry. Continue. No, but basically, <laughs> what I think. <laughs> no, but I think again. I I don't know what Ahsoka's going to get at because. Watching that trailer, it was a very, very interesting balance of nostalgia. Like, it felt like member berries for people from 10 years ago, mm. give or take. Yep. Hey, remember Rebels? Well, yeah, exactly. Remember Rebels? Remember this thing that ended, like, what, five less than five years ago? Um, we were doing the podcast when, uh, Knights of Vader when Rebels ended. So, like, that's the that's, thing. Like, it's not I was about to that say, that's not old. a huge flex. We've been doing the podcast... Zygnus and Knights of Vader have competed to be the longest-running podcast nobody wants. So, except, except for Chris Porteous, except for Chris Porteous. Um, oh no, I meant, I meant listeners. I meant listeners. Oh, nobody okay. wants it as a listener. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. We all want to do them, just no one wants to, you know, listen, listen. to them. We just want to talk into the void. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Might as well be talking into space. Um, yeah, twenty eighteen. So. Five years ago. Yeah, you right on the money. Good job. But that's the thing, though, is that that trailer, for the most part, is like, remember Hera? Remember Sabine? Remember Ezra? Remember the Ahsoka ship for, like, five seconds in the series finale? And then, like, it does just enough to intrigue you because it starts showing you Ray Stevenson's character, who I think the credits revealed is, like, or the subtitles revealed his name is Balon. Um, or Braylon, something like that. Then you have like Lady Jedi with like, or ladies, maybe Sith with like blonde hair. Um, then you have like Ahsoka and Ray Stevenson like fighting what looks like in the world between worlds. I have a theory that it's something else, but yes, I have heard that everyone's like, it's a world between worlds. And I'm like, there's something else it could be. And I don't think anyone's paying attention to that. But I think that's the thing though, is that it does, it does the Rogue One thing that I think I've been like screaming about for the last like, Oh God, six, seven years in that it it's able to go between the new and the old perfectly. And I think that's where Star Wars is going to have to find success because again, as we know, if you go too far into the new people reject it, but if you go into the member berries, for some reason it works in the short term, it's like almost like a sugar high, mm-hmm. but it, it long-term doesn't hold up. Again, I kind of find it amazing that like people now look at like the force awakens as a bad movie. And I'm like, where were you people in January of 2016? Where were all of you? Oh yeah. You're buying your like sixth and seventh, like ticket to go see it again. And then finally um, getting bored with it at some point. 
That's what I mean. And that's what I think is so funny with like the, the, the Ray Skywalker movie announcement. People are like just crapping on this. And I'm just like, and I'm just like, this is the most interesting thing. Like that feels like, again, we're moving the story forward. It's, it's, I don't get how, and this is not against like all three, not to segue too far away from the Ahsoka stuff, but like I have the three movie announcements, which I can't put enough quotation marks around the word announcement because how many times have they announced things that have never come to fruition? I've, I've lost track at this point, but wait, is Kathleen Kennedy? Is that the one? No, wait. Um, yeah. Yeah. Canceled. Well, that's what I mean is that like I, I – again, of all the stuff, like I, it's hard to get excited anymore because you just don't know if it's ever going to see the light of day. And at least the Ray thing feels a little more tangible just simply because like they have a director and they have like – like they clearly have signed Daisy Ridley to a contract. Or and they've she, never – Or she had a contract that they're now fulfilling. Maybe, but I can't. I can't imagine that that, that she signed on for more than three back in twenty what four thirteen. Like I can't imagine ten years ago she signed on for more because the whole idea too is that like they don't want. Uh, maybe I don't know, but we, we shall see. But but going back to the Ahsoka thing because like we do have to kind of talk about like the cowboy hat man like movie that's supposed to be like the culmination of the Mandoverse is what they're calling it, which is. I threw up in my mouth a little as I was saying that. <laughs> um, but but that's the thing, though, is that, like I don't think Mandalorian see – I don't think any of these shows, if they're going to all culminate in a movie where it's going to be like Star Wars Avengers on TV, where it's going to be Mandalorian, Boba Fett, uh, Ultron Luke Skywalker, um, uh, Li- Rosario Dawson. Like if, if that's the, the end game here is to do like Disney Plus like Avengers for Star Wars, I, I – that, that just feels like dull. Like, are people really going to care about Mandalorian three to five years from now in a movie? Like, are people really going to be like, oh my God, like, I can see Big Whiskey on the big screen. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, I just, I, I don't get how making a Mandalorian movie that isn't just simply like taking the finale of all these shows and making it like maybe like a two hour like TV movie and just having it in theaters for one weekend. Um, I, I, I don't get how making a movie ending all the TV series that are interwoven here is a good idea. I, I genuinely don't. Well, I mean, inter- interwoven, you've got stuff like, um, why did I just, I was just talking, and or that's not connected to this in any way. At well, yeah, moment. of course. You have, and you have Acolyte that's also not connected to this. But technically, the Ahsoka series is connected to this because yeah. we're seeing Chancellor Mon Mothma. Yep. So like With there there is unshaved clearly... hair. That is the same haircut she's rocked apparently. It's Bo it's Bo Katan level. She yeah. hasn't changed her hair in thirty five years. No, it changed for Return of the Jedi, then went back. <laughs> like like when when she fully was fighting the Empire, she's like, I will change my haircut. Peacetime going back. Going back to it, baby. So I I mean the the, the thing they're setting up in this is I mean, from what I'm gathering, Thrawn's returning with some remnant of the Empire or possibly returning with his Chiss Empire to fill the void. I'm like, I never got from the books that he was really like gung-ho, go Empire. He was just working for the Empire as literally he was doing it to keep them out of messing with the Chiss. So why would he be like, well, the Chists are kind of doing their own thing over here. Let's go invade where the Empire's now. But that's the other problem, is 
there's the Thrawn from the books that Timothy Zahn does, and then there's the Thrawn from Rebels, who's kind of a little unhinged. What Thrawn are we going to get? Because there's a very good one, and then there's one that's, ah, it's okay. I think I know what I, we're going to get. It, well, it's definitely going to be the, the, the Rebels one. Yeah, and it's going to upset. See, this is where I will finally be like, nope, this isn't my Star Wars. This will do. This will push me over the edge, Zach. I'll finally, finally lose it. I will say, like they did cast Lars Mikkelsen mm-hmm. as Thrawn, even though he did the voice, which is like you gotta feel bad for like Ashley Eckstein and like all the Rebels God actors dang, who yeah. are like who were not cast. It's like, and what? How can you not cast Ashley Eckstein as Ahsoka, and then be like, yeah, Lars Mikkelsen can do it? Outside of the fact that his brother is like clearly in the Lucasfilm, like. Like, fa- like, oh god, club because just of all the stuff he's done. Like, like you can't make that argument anymore. Like, you look. I will say that one thing I did not like in the Ahsoka trailer, and I use not like very, very, very loosely, is like Sabine is not Sabine. No, like I do not. Like, I look at like the actress and like, if, and again, obviously this is just like a minute and a half trailer, but like I'm like this is not Sabine. Like you do not like. Even I remember watching those like shorts they did back in 2014 before Rebels debuted. And like Sabine had a personality. Like it like just like through posture, things like that, like almost spider, oh god, ballerina-esque, just because of just how the character was designed. Um and again, same thing goes for uh what's her name? Rose McGowan as Ahsoka. It's like I like it's fine, you cast the name, like mm-hmm. but like there's no reason at this point. That again, you're picking and choosing what characters you pull from the cart from the animated series into live action with, with the corresponding talent. So, would so in a flashback, would you want Freddie Prince Jr. to be the 100 percent? If we see live action Kanan in this, it will be Freddie Prince Jr. because he's a name, yeah. and that's what they're doing. They're picking names, and those are the ones that translate. Like even like beyond, I, I guess I should say my the the. The Sabine thing was the second most thing I wasn't thrilled about. The first is Mary Elizabeth Winstead as Hera. Like, like again, it, it's like five seconds at most. But, like, Mary Elizabeth Winstead is a very, very stiff actor. Like, it's one of those things where I kind of don't get where she doesn't get where she gets work nowadays. Um, I get it is, was it Ramona? No, was it? No. What was it in Scott Pilgrim? Oh, oh. Um, yeah, was she Ramona? I don't know. I want to say Ramona, but I'm not certain. Z- uh, fact check me, Zanger. I'm, I'm fact checking it while you're going to diatribe for a few minutes. Uh, of course. And then, just like old times. Uh, and then, like, I remember seeing her, like, in Gemini Man with Will Smith. And then seeing her in Birds of Prey. And I'm like, she's a one-note actress. Like, she just, like, she's just, like, she doesn't inflect. She doesn't embellish. It's one note. And it's v- almost monotone level. And I'm like, say what you will about like like some of these characters in the cartoons, but like I don't get how like in Mandalorian, and I'm not sure if you got this far, Zach, but we saw Zeb. We oh, saw no, yeah, Zeb no, no, in, no. in the I, pilot's ball. I did watch that episode. I just did not watch this week's episode. Like this, because sure. the, I, I just I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna go on and just be like, hey, hey, you know what? I haven't watched this, and see if Zach's like, oh, I'm shocked or. Surprise! I'm just, no I'm just waiting for. I'm still waiting for Crimes of Grindelwald, folks. Like, I still want to like, forget yeah, about. Like, the, I am too. I'm, I want to see the magic space to just, pick the president. I'm just waiting for it to just hopefully not exist anymore. Well, like, no, no, no. I don't want that. Crimes of Grindelwald. I want to exist. Okay, it's by, the third movie that could not exist. That's fine. By, also by the played way, by Thrawn's brother. I, I 
was looking up the wrong one. I was looking up the voice actress. So my bad for Sabine. Now let me look into this while Zach probably continues for a little bit. Sure. Did you find out what Mary Elizabeth Winston's character's I'm, name I'm in working. Scott Pilgrim was? It is Ramona Flowers. Ramona Flowers. Thank you. I, I accidentally looked up the voice actress, but she will be reprising that role in, role in Scott Pilgrim, the anime. Oh, okay. I, uh, I, uh, is that, I, is I, that controversial? No, no, no. I'm, I'm <laughs> going back. Is and, that controversial? No, no. It's it's me going back and forth on her being hair. I'm like, I. Oh. It, it, oh god, it's not gonna work. Like even I will say that like even Hera in Star Wars Squadrons and the cutscenes kind of doesn't work. Um, I don't know if it's the animation. I don't know who voiced her in the video game. But I can tell you. Who, who voiced was it the I'm, same voice actor from the TV show? Working on it. Click harder, Zenger. I'm, I'm clicking as but fast as I can. That's the thing is that, again, I don't know how you can sit there. Again, you pick and choose with some of these, like bringing them over, not. But like 100%, I can't imagine them casting somebody else other than Freddie Prince Jr. for Kanan. Which, and you're apparently getting their, their son. They're like orange colored, like love child. Yeah, Jason. Um, yes. Yeah, that, Jason. Yes, Jason. Jason. Jason Sindula spilt the same way as Jason Solo, a giant, giant middle finger to the EU fans uh, five years ago. Oh, by the way, um, the actress who voiced Hera is um, no one knows because no one played Squadrons long enough to find out. But yes, it is the same chick. Really? Yeah. So so just simply how they animated the character in the game was why it was so kind of weird looking. Yeah, probably. I don't even remember that part in the game. I'm sorry. She's like you're like commanding officer in that. Yeah, I won't once again. I might, you know what? I might I never finished. Squ- I never finished Squadrons because I gave up because at one point they wanted me to drift a starship in space. And I'm like, you can't drift when there's no friction. That <laughs> can't happen. I'm just like, my brain turned off. Um, you you got to no, like, live your life one quarter mile at a time. Exactly. One quarter parsec at a time. There you go. But, but look what happened in Mandalorian with Zeb. Like, Zeb was a one to one translation of animated character to live action and practically seamless it, and then it was and it was one of those things they didn't call him by name and it was one of those wait was was that who i think it was like because that exactly. was my response when i saw him i'm like was was that just zeb mm-hmm. and that was so cool and like that's the sort of way you do a you bring these characters over. You, and you I, don't smash somebody over the head with it until they're unconscious on the ground. Like that's exactly. why I liked it so much because it was just such a you. There was no confirmation, and I liked that. Yep. I mean, and technically there was but later, I, but well, sure. Like the credits gave it away, but that's why I find interesting about like when them translating these characters is that like. For the same reason why that they're able to do Zeb so seamlessly, why couldn't you just bring these actors that already have been in the headspace of these characters for what at least five years max or minimum? Mm-hmm. Why can't you do that? Like I said, like I don't think anybody anybody's thrilled with Rose McGowan's portrayal of Ahsoka. No one's like she like she brings the character to life in a way that we've never seen before. Like nobody is saying that. Like of course it's just the usual like empty platitudes of like oh she did an incredible performance yeah incredible like it's exactly it's it's like it's like the golf clap equivalent of just like okay we're 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 just again we're we're heaping accolades simply for the sake that we have to and like i said nothing against rosario dawson it's just 
it, it, it's like again watching her in that Mandalorian episode in season two. It's a very stiff performance, and I don't know if that's because it's her first time ever. Like she did it, no auditions. It was rushed when it was filmed. I don't know, but I will say that I'm I'm like watching the trailer like for the umpteenth time today. Mm-hmm. Oh and, like, crap! It, I forgot. It, I'm supposed to have it playing it, in the background. <laughs> For I me, did. just to watch vaguely Z- every night. To be and fair, Zanger, this isn't a Knights of Air recording, so you, you you shouldn't be too distracted. I know it's a, it's one I take seriously. Hmm. But that's <laughs> that's why really again it's better. But like I was watching some some Ahsoka episodes from Clone Wars with my girlfriend last night, who really kind of has been aware of Ahsoka as like an entity, not even like a Star Wars character, and I'm watching Clone Wars. And again, th- like Ahsoka's been around for less than 15 years. She was introduced to all of us August 15th, 2008, Ben Affleck's birthday. And she, weird she's flex, not a but okay. It, it's a weird cinema these callbacks. Somebody in the audience is going, ha ha. The thing about <laughs> Thank you, Zanger. But that—that's—that's that's what I—I I think is the thing. Is that Ahsoka is less than fifteen years old as a character. She—she she isn't as indelible as other characters. But Ashley Eckstein brought such a specific energy to that character that she's been able to carry pretty much a pretty good through line with, like going from again two thousand eight. Most likely, they recorded the dialogue for Ahsoka back in 2007. And then when you watch the most probably contemporary voice acting of actually X-Team, which was Tales of the Jedi, like you 100% believe that the kid, like the the, the girl, Togruta, who gets off the uh, the shuttle in the Clone Wars movie, hi, I, I have a message. My name is Ahsoka Tano. And then like you watch Tales of the Jedi where like you have like the Inquisitor like burning the farm to the ground. Mm-hmm. And like you look at that and like, again, 14 years later you look at that you're like this is the same character yeah like i look at this trailer with rose mcgowan is is ahsoka and i'm just like okay like like it's ahsoka simply because she looks like ahsoka i i don't buy her as the character i'm believing it because you're telling me to believe it and i'm i'm buying the oh god uh, uh suspension of disbelief that that's what i'm doing and that's where i hope we get things like like the Ray Stevenson villain character. Um, the thing about Thrawn, like to bring back to this, is like Ahsoka never dealt with Thrawn. Like no. he was – because again, she disappears at the end of season two of Rebels. Thrawn becomes the new bad guy of that series after the Inquisitors kind of just dissolve. And it's never been explained why the Inquisitors disappear. Um, I, I don't think the comics explained it. Maybe they did. I'm not sure. Um, oh, but they're, that, they're saving it for another series that well, that's yet. well, yeah. I would again. Keep I would imagine. Jedi, I would imagine Jedi Survivor or something like that will explain what happened to all the Inquisitors. You get to kill them. Yeah. <laughs> you get but to that, kill them just like that game will kill your hard drive space because you know it's going to be like. Not only do we need 150 gigs, it's just. Yeah. Just at start, sorry, 155 at start. Um, you have to have it on a solid state. Oh, is that you really think that's what I'm, it's gonna I'm be? betting anything? It's going to be like, yeah, you should have it on a solid state. I mean, you could not be a peasant. I mean, but that's up to you. Actually, you know what? I can actually check to see if it's if they've already announced. You do that, Zanger. But getting back, the thing that I find interesting is to make like, and I don't think that Thrawn's going to be. The big bad. Uh, I, I, this is okay. This is a th- not. This is like a theory combined with like very swampy, marshy like speculation. 
is I don't know who the villain of like like the Mandoverse is. Who is the villain? Again, we're what two and a half plus seasons into Mandalorian. We're we're on the verge of Ahsoka. We have an entire season of Book of Boba Fett, and like, who is the villain right now of this time period? The there fans. is none. <laughs> no, that's a sequel trilogy. Is, is, is the villain? Is the fans? Um, but uh, like, by that's the what way, I mean, is it- according to requirements on Steam, it's just saying 155 gigabytes. It is yeah. not saying solid state. But I guarantee you, eventually, the recommended specs are gonna say solid state. Besides. Well, they have to do that because something happens, and they can just say, "We we told you not to do this." Yep. Like it's no liability. Yep. But Sorry, you tell continue, me, continue, but, continue. but you tell me, Zenger, who who is gonna be who is being primed to be the ultimate villain of the the post original trilogy pre sequel trilogy time period? You see, is it gonna be? Here's the thing, though. You can't have it be someone too formidable. Like, they, they have to dance a weird line. Because you can't have it be someone too for, formidable, because then it's like, oh, well, why was why weren't they talked about by the um, First Order? Or why wasn't it ever mentioned again? Like, it's got to vaguely be the Imperial Remnant, led by somebody. But, but, like, but at this point, though, and this goes back to, like, Zenger's truly favorite Star Wars book trilogy, the Aftermath trilogy. Which will that, come like, up on this podcast for an explanation I have. Sure. <laughs> but that's the thing, is that, like, yes, the Imperial Remnant exist, but they're not that big of a deal. Like, that's the thing. It's like, the First Order, it wasn't until the Rise of Skywalker until, like, you realize that, like, the first order in the Imperial Remnant, like that was the whole thing. The Imperial Remnant pretty much disappears post Battle of Jakku, and like of course, like the Mandalini has shown us that there are Imperial outposts out there. Um, they're like they're almost the equivalent of like oh god, pirates with like different territories. Like well, they like they have. That's the other thing too. It's if not every Star Destroyer or not every Imperial like ship went out there those things are kind of self-contained like weapons of war still which mm-hmm. by the way going back to that pirates episode that was a pitiful bomb orbital bom- or not even orbital that was a pitiful bombardment uh, a, a imperial star destroyer would have done way better at that with just not even trying like that 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 was pathetic I'm, You're telling me Space Davy Jones did not do a good job of blowing up a small town in the middle of nowhere? He, he did a terrible job. And he give, paid the price, Zanger. He did. You you give me one Star Destroyer and I'll show him how to do that. I don't, well, I don't even need – I don't even need a Super Star Destroyer. <laughs> but this is, the, this, is, this is the idea though is that I, what my conjecture is – and this is going back to the um, Bloodline Star Wars novel – the one where like Leia becomes like an outcast because she's like she kind of throws her hands up in the air with the New Republic and it's like none of you are getting anything done. I'm gonna start like my own like like resistance group because like I know there's there's real problems out there that aren't being addressed. Yeah, and, and everyone I'm, finds out that Vader's her dad, and it's like oh no. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah that book. I think what's going to happen is that like and we see this from Mon Mothma is that. There's going to be demilitarization of of the New Republic, which is kind of in in the books for the last eight to ten years really much leaned into like it was a New Republic and Mon Mothma. I was like after the Battle of Jakku, demilitarize, demilitarize. And then even I think it's in one of the Force Awakens reference books 
they mention like, oh yeah, like the New Republic had like a very, very like small contingent of like a military, I like an armada. I think it's like 90 percent 95 90 to 95 percent the of, size of the of the the new of the republic army during the clone wars like it's, it's it's a fraction no 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 of what they demilitarized like after because i mean the rebels didn't have much and they even took that number down even more well yeah and it's the idea that the like it, it's real point in the mandalorian one episode was it's like we have all these weapons sitting around what are we doing with them and destroying them Yes, and that's no, and I think like again, people didn't like the Coruscant episode of uh, the Mandalorian season three. Well, but I thought, them oh, exactly because that, that's called exactly. You took the words right out of my mouth. But I think what's going to happen is that like I don't think the Imperial Remnant is going to be your big bad of, of all this. It would have to be Thrawn because like think about it. We discussed this a lot on Knights of Vader over the last how many years. But like Thrawn's the really the only other villain in Star Wars and that I, is the, Palpatine. Well, that thought that is Palpatine level without being an evil space wizard. I mean, here's the thing, though. I never think of Thrawn as a villain. I just think of him as, like, a... He's he's out for whatever benefits his people. And that's, but that's it. But that's, not, but that's not what he was in Legends, I know, Well, in Legends, in Legends or in Rebels, too. Well, the thing about... Like I said, it's been about 10 years since I read the OG Thrawn trilogy. I'm going to work on it. I'm going to read it. I, I would like to read it, reread it again in preparation for this. But I think the thing about Thrawn was... Thrawn again. He was the Imperial Remnant in that, like, okay, and again, that's why the Thrawn trilogy, excuse me, back in like ninety one was so potent because it was the idea, like, what if you would do if you didn't have an evil space wizard controlling the puppet, like the strings, and but you said you had a very intelligent tactical mind that was able to outthink the rebels, but with a fraction of the resources that they have, but what the Empire had as well. Yeah. And that's what made him interesting. And he would do all these weird things. Like, of course, he had like the, what, the Salamari, the weird, like, force insensitive creatures that, like, like demystified the the Ogabuga space wizards. Um, like, it was great. Like, J- Joris Chobert, whatever his name is, can never pronounce it. The, um, like, the one that, like, Thrawn recruits because he was like, it's like, oh, the reason why Palpatine was able to succeed so well was that, like, through the force, he was able to, like, oh, God, like, consolidate the energy and so like there was things like that whereas in the new whereas in rebels the thing that messed up thrawn was the fort was the fact they used the people were able to use the force it's something he could never calculate for yes and that's what and that's the cowboy hat man thing where it's like oh i remember during rebels they would ask him like oh are we ever gonna get like the salamari in this and he's like george and i never believed that uh uh create like like organic be creatures could like distort the force and i'm like well again it's a very specific interpretation it's like somebody said it's like the equivalent of writing the new testament being like well the idea of there being a, a man in the clouds that has divine omnipotent power doesn't really fit our idea of what this could be and it's like that's kind of the foundation of a lot of this and it's like you can't just completely tweak it because you don't personally agree with it um, you don't have to use aspects of it, but you can't just say no. I fundamentally don't like believe this exists as part of it. So I don't know. Like I said, the Rebels Thrawn is the Thrawn that makes me nervous because he's not that compelling. 
and he he's easily outmatched. And that's the thing. Like even going back to season three of Rebels, and that like you have the Bendu and all that. And of course, like he wins at the end of, of season three, but he really he 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 doesn't like he, there's there's a certain gravitas that's missing with him. And I and this is one thing I'm kind of surprised that in all like the editorializing articles, videos I've consumed on the back of Thrawn's head in the last 36 hours, um, nobody's bringing up the idea of was Timothy Zahn consulted about any of this? Did he have any input on the character? And it's like the dude's written six books in the span of like five years about this character. Never mind his contributions to Star Wars lore from the OG Thrawn trilogy. Everybody forgets about Outband Flight, the novel that was written that took place before um, like, or during the prequel era. Like, I, I don't know how you can discard the guy who was the uh, this was his brainchild. Yeah. And just because Cowboy Hat Man, again, this is, and that's one thing too, I will say, like, this, the people coming out, like, the comments I'm seeing on social media about Cowboy Hat Man. It's like, did y'all not remember from 15 years ago where you like lambasted this weirdo because he made like like Baby Shock Tea into the main character of a TV show? Like again, like obviously he's earned his stripes. He's made a bunch of good television. Not gonna knock him for that. But I'm like, he's not infallible. Like John Favreau made Iron Man two. Like Zenger and I both agree, it's not the worst Iron Man film. But like, <laughs> not by but far, it's, but, but it's, it's not it's, the best. But that's what I mean, though. Is it like stop freaking looking at these people as if they're infallible? It's like, geez, like Cowboy Hat Man is responsible for resistance. I'm a pretty big resistance defender, but by no means am I ever rewatching it, except for maybe like an isolated episode. Wait, or two. wait, hold on. Isn't that the one where I have to be reminded of what this is? Because that's how much my brain has been like, don't remember anything about it. This I didn't was even watch that much of it. Resistance was like Disney trying to do like Rebels, but during the sequel trilogy, right, like the right, right, animation right, right. was so jarring and people just out and out rejected it that they canceled it after like two seasons. And it's thanks to you making me read the novelization of Rise of Skywalker, they were in the novelization, if I remember correctly. They were. They uh, were. But I, the only thing is interesting, though, one thing I'll say about like, that exact part of the Rise of Skywalker novelization is that, like, there's no mention of, like, the Mandalorian. Like, yep. there's no mention of, like, I know they've said a couple of times that, like, there's Naboo starfighters during the Battle of Exegol. So I would imagine one of those could be the Mandalorian and Big Whiskey. Well, the other um, thing is, you remember, we saw the Razor Crest possibly in it, too. So what ship could he have been flying? I don't think the Razor Crest was. I swear, the, I swear, no, I've seen it. Wasn't no, articles. it was that, but that was the weird thing, though. No, because that was one of the things back in 2019. People were going like sifting through it, being like, "Well, where's the Razor Crest in the Battle of Exegol?" And I think like the ILM answer was, "We weren't given the file for it." <laughs> like, <laughs> but like, you know, if they had been, but they they had they had access to it, but I don't think they were told explicitly to put it in. Uh, so I, but keep uh, in mind, like, the Razor Crest was bloated up. What November yeah. of 2020? So like they clearly knew, like Lucasfilm knew what was happening to that ship a year in advance. Yeah, especially since they were like, okay, Zinger's finished putting it together and has it sitting on display. Destroy it so he'll have to buy a new one. And I mean that in Lego form. Zinger, never, never, ever forget that like 
like the HasLab like vintage collection poll for like the three and three quarter action figure version like closed like on Monday and the episode like where it gets bloated up was the very next week. <laughs> like like never forget the giant F you either intentionally or not on the part of just everybody involved with that. Like I will never forget that. Like, oh man, I should have like crowdfunded this and like next week it gets bloated up and I'm like, well, dodge that boy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I still will say that that Razor Crest like three three quarter inch figure like vehicle is still kind of like awesome like like I, I again I kind of regret not backing it but at the same time I'm just like eh, it's bloated up. Um, so I, I want to ask this. I, I know we've talked about Thrawn. I know that we're both like sitting here like, yeah, this is gonna be. I I swear we 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 are in denial mode right now because we're both like wanting to see it, but we also deep down know. This isn't going to be the Thrawn we we would want, but I'm hoping. Well, maybe this paves a way for a live action Thrawn prequel that might be actually. Have I don't. I don't. Involved. I I don't know. I think I, again. I will say that it, it will be Lars Mikkelsen portraying Thrawn, so it's gonna be fun to see the character in this live action period. Yeah. Because not like, my again, first imagine. Like if I'm thinking it, that's not what I go to. But I'm like, whatever. It's fine. It's well, Whatever. can we? One thing we should mention, like we gotta pour one out for Pierce Throsnin. You remember Zenger, the yes. mural they had from Celebration twenty, I think what twenty nineteen, where it was it was Thrawn, it, and he it, looked like Pierce Brosnan. Yep. Everyone's just like, are they are they are they telling us something? Like, well, <laughs> is there something happening that they're not telling I'm, us? I'm still saying my dream casting would be Benedict Cumberbatch, but that's but well, that's sure. because I'm like he. He's got that perfect way of like. I guess the easiest way to explain Thrawn to people is I'm like, did you ever see um, did you ever see um whatever the cra- uh, in into darkness that yes, that yes. one yeah it's basically yeah. that but the guy's blue skin and it isn't I, as crazy. I a hundred percent a hundred percent. There's two reasons why. A, we will never get uh, Umberto Cabbage Patch is Thrawn, obviously, because they cast somebody else. But B, we ne- never got him in Star Wars. And I think it 100% to do with the J.J. Abrams. I think J.J. Yep. Abrams, just for whatever reason, probably blamed part of that film's like, oh God, just kind of implosion on Umberto Cabbage Patch. Well, I think... I'm, I'm No, sorry. Go, go ahead. Continue. No, because like I remember the rumors for like episode seven back in like 2014 2013 2014 and it was like oh like ben like ben cumberbatch is like rumored for a role and like it was like michael fassbender as well and like we're all up for this very specific role and like the role i think was um for captain phasma and they eventually decided to just gender swap the role after i think they had um it was a cast read, like a, a round table. It was like the first photo they released for like technically episode seven where like it was everybody. It was Mark Hamill, Carrie Fisher, Her- uh, Carrie Fisher, Harrison Ford, Daisy Ridley, John Boyega, uh, Poe Dameron, whatever his name is in real life. And like I think it was like the idea like – and it was like a weird minor backlash. Like why are there so many men in this picture and not enough women? And I and that was one of the things I remember hearing at the time. Like Lucasfilm was just like, oh, okay, like, well, well like, this, is there a reason why Captain Phasma has to be like a man? And it's like, no, like technically, it's just somebody like in a helmet. And they're like, okay, like it'd be cool to sit there, like, like do something different with it. And but it, I do and it think works. It, it works. It's not like once again, that's not something I was like, oh my god. It's like it, it works. I'm I'm like I can't imagine Casman Phasma as a male character. Like I think it just works better as her as a female, in my opinion. And I'm not trying yeah. to be woke with that statement. I, it's just I, 
I will say one thing. I will say though is that uh, I I will never forget watching the the very first Force Awakens trailer in twenty fourteen, and you have Andy Serkis doing like Lord Emperor Snoke's voice. Legit, like you listen to that trailer, it sounds like Umberto Cabbage Patch. Like it's it it sounds just like him. This been an awakening. It's like okay. Like I remember the time people being like, oh, like Cumberbatch has to be in this film. Like that's his voice. Everyone's like, no. Like and like Lucas was like, no, it's not him. Like he's not casting the film. And I was like, are they like again? This is like a JJ Abrams secret box thing. And then like it came out that like, oh no, but it's like Andy Circus's like new villain character is doing like the voiceover. Everyone's like, oh, okay, like Andy Circus, which means it would have to be some form of motion capture. Yep. Um, which we all know it would be. But but no, I will say I pour one out for Pierce Throsnan. Yep. I I will say, like, after watching, again, I've always been low-key, uh, I always liked Pierce Brosnan as an actor. He will always be my James Bond. Gross. I know I'm in a very unique space like that. It, I put that I put that trophy right next to the same one that says "Rise of Skywalker" is my favorite Star Wars thing. <laughs> um, I know, right? It, it's the mantle from hell. But <laughs> but like after seeing him in Black Adam as Doctor Fate, like it's still not a need show to watch it. I of course you do. Like you, along with the rest of the world. But <laughs> but up up but up. up. But no, like, like he's pretty cool in Doc as Doctor Fate, and I'm like, again, it would be interesting to see Pierce Brosnan go for like a role like this, like where like it is meant to be not campy or corny, but very embellished with the performance. Yeah, I mean, and, whoever you get this will chew every piece of scenery. Or, I'm and like I said, I'm not saying this Lars guy won't, but they need to chew every piece of scenery they're in. Like, there's teeth marks on everything, like grips, the 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 set other other cast members like they need to just ham it up and chew it up because that's what like thrown for me in the books is always somebody that he controls the room even though he's not the loudest speaker and he, he was always in the books in my opinion so like he controlled the room which is how calm and collected he was once again rebels didn't portray that they just kind of sat them up as a uh he's just some lunatic um imperial which well, here's here's my question though. To bring this back to like Thrawn and OG Thrawn trilogy, and what they're going to pull from that into the Ahsoka slash Lord help us all Mandoverse <laughs> is is if you remember from the OG Thrawn trilogy, the plot was beyond him getting like Jurish Trobert to like channel the Force for like victory. It was also the discovery of the Katana fleet. Yep. And that was the whole thing where, like, the second book ends with, like, the rebels being like, oh, oh, like, we're almost there. Like, there's this, mat this is, like, this infinite, like, armada of ships that, like, if we get control of this, like, Thrawn's done. And then they get there, and Thrawn is just, like, it's like Thrawn beat them to it. And then he, like, has to remember he, like, they're all, again, vague, vague memories of this. It's been a while. But it's like, well, how's he piloting, like, these hundreds of starships? Like, how could he amass an army? Oh, He's using leftover cloning vats from the Clone Wars. And this is what makes me like, again, I don't know how this ties into any, like if, if they extrapolate it from that, because like the whole idea of the like, Katana fleet was kind of partially taken for the rise of Skywalker. Yep. The idea of the villains having this infinite armada of ships just kind of floating out in the ether. And that wasn't even a plot point. The rise of Skywalker was like, how, how are they staffing these things? tens of thousands of, of star destroyers um like I, I don't know like like 
and that's what makes me wonder. Like we have all this talk with Dr. Pershing from the Mandalorian being like, oh, my research and cloning. Like we keep thinking this is about Palpatine, which I probably strands of it are, but who's to say that all this cloning talk from him has nothing to do with Palpy? And what it boils down to is that like, okay, this is like they are gonna take the idea of Thrawn creating clones in order to staff something like again i don't know i think the cloning thing is a misdirect because people keep looking at it being like oh it's palpatine wink wink nudge nudge i just don't see thrawn i mean once again i'm going off of the zon version which is the wrong thing to keep doing but i'm gonna keep doing it till i'm proven incorrect by the by the show i just don't see him caring about the empire emperor that much to be like i need to clone like the emperor's plan was to was to do this, and just his response is like, that's a foolish plan, and I don't see the, like, source of it or whatever. I'm gonna go get the chist and do something. Okay, so, moving away from Thrawn for a second. There are other things that need to be discussed. Who are the people with the orange lightsabers? Zach, you're gonna be wrong, but go ahead with your answer. I'm curious what you have to say, because at this point, I have no idea. But I have I... one theory that seems like something you would you would maybe latch on to oh is it the fact that um the guy looks super similar to one of the characters from the old republic knights of the fallen empire something like that everyone keeps i keep seeing rumors online that think it's world between worlds and it's someone from the past yeah because coming um, out of the world war because if you remember from the expansions from that game nobody played by bioware the there is one where it's where it's like the two guys and they have yellow lightsabers and and the, and it's this guy wearing like he he looks similar but it's white armor and I'm like, it's not the same thing. But my thing is, I'm like, me, I've I've loved the concept of just people who are Force-sensitive. Light, dark, they use whatever they need to to get the job done. Gray Jedis. I was robbed of that in multiple things so far. So I'm once again hitching my saddle to it and being like, these are just people from the like unknown regions who are Force-sensitive who don't go with the like light, dark. They're just... They are force users and they have, and they are not like that, that whole yin yang with it. They are balanced within themselves. And well, that's, I, well, but oh, I don't yeah. see how that connects. I think they're, I think they're meant, again, I have no idea who they are in the grand scheme of things, but I do think they're meant to be some levels of like agents of just chaos. It, and the, as for that one scene, to pull from the stupid aftermath trilogy, remember the observatories? Oh yeah, I think it's an observatory. I think that it's an excavated observatory, mapping the outer. I mean, the unknown regions. I think. Well, that's it would have it to is. be. I like, think I that's what like... it is because I don't think it's the world between worlds. It the world between worlds is too confusing of a concept. Don't introduce time travel or time manipulation into a story. You automatically f it up. But I, but I think again, I don't know about the world between worlds. Like I, I, think I, that I, was I a completely very... think it's 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 a non-starter and not going to be ever brought up. Well, again. no, it's going to show up at some point again. It's just it's it's the nature of, of again they they were smart to not abuse it, but I do think that they they have to because that's an that was the last time Ezra 
and uh, Ahsoka saw each other. Mm-hmm. That, that they it has to come up in some thing. Like, and that's how Rebels ended. That was like what the third, bef- the third to last episode of Rebels was the World Between Worlds. Again, I don't think it's gonna become a crutch because that episode makes such a big point of like Ezra trying to save Kanan, and it's the idea that like you can't change the past. Like, blah, and, blah, blah. and him saving Ahsoka was sort of like a like one off like he kind of stumbled into being able to do it thing. So it wasn't yes. like a, you, you're going to be able to repeat this infinitely. Yeah. And that's the thing where I, I, I don't, and this is where you have the potential because again, that's what made rebels so provocative for its four season run is that it would get into some of these very heady ideas that we'd never really seen from star Wars before. And and that's why that show continues to resonate. And I'm still kind of shocked I could keep explaining to people that have never seen Rebels. And I'm just like, how can you say you like like Disney TV Star Wars and you never seen Rebels? Like, I get it. Like on the surface, it looks a little corny. But like once you get like into you like power through a little bit. But I wouldn't even think you know what I think is so funny is that like there there's like this isn't like TV from like oh god singer you remember when TV shows first started coming out like on DVD and you weren't just like at the whim of syndication reruns mm-hmm. like this isn't like that where like oh you have to buy like four or five like fifty dollar season box sets to like pick up and like understand this like I remember like my father at one point wanting like box sets of like. I'm trying to think. Well, like Sex in the City. Like we didn't have HBO, and he like and he heard all these things. So he like it's like oh okay. It's like we got him like because we didn't have a DVD player. We got him the VHS box <laughs> set of Sex in the City. Like all like eight like videotapes of it. And but th- it's not like that anymore. Like where you're like oh you have to like oh here's your DVD box set. You spent fifty bucks on it. You better watch every episode to get your money's worth. Like we have streaming services where like you can go on Google and type in like essential Ahsoka episodes essential rebels episodes you and like there's go probably on ten- youtube and just have a compilation or have somebody explain it to you but let, let's take that out of it because let's, let's just say some people do want like yes of course you can read wikipedia and that can be your cliff notes um but even that gets dense after a while like you ever like, you ever delve into like a wikipedia article sometimes and even you know what it's supposed to be conveying to you and you're reading it and it comes across eventually it's just like like this, was somebody with schizophrenia just like allowed near a computer for too long Listen, like i Zach, know the I'm, point I, I know you're trying to explain my experience with reading the high high republic but Oh, it's the not public. the same. Oh, Zanger, what are, you, what are we going to do next year when we're forced to like actually delve into this with the Alkalite? Like, we're going to have to like start. Re- like, they're already up to like, like. Okay, I will say, like, peek behind the curtain into Zach's real life. I'm currently in the process of. I'm about to move. Like, my house is about to like be listed for like sale, and I'm like packing up a bunch of stuff. And like, I found like a pile of books. I bought like eight or nine High Republic books, and like, I was doing not research, but like, I was just looking like, how many of these did I buy? And apparently like a phase one of the high Republic, I only bought maybe three quarters of them. They're like on the verge of phase three right now. Like there's like, I'm not kidding you, like over 25 high Republic novels. And I'm just like, this is an entire, and that's forget about that. Like there's like gotta be probably close to a hundred issues of the high Republic. Now I guess comic like issues. And I'm just like, like, oh my god, like, there's an entire, entire just, like, side street of, like, that's its own city of, like, Star Wars content that we're going to be, like, I don't want to say forced to consume, 
But like as Star Wars fans, we've never really had to live in existence where like there's this entire, entire just different thing in the corner that for the most part the fandom at large does not pay a lot of attention to. It was called uh, Shadows of the Republic when we were growing up. Shadows of the Empire, sorry. But that was – Shadows of the Empire could be boiled down to like three or four things. It was a video game. It was a comic and it was a book. Like, yep. and yes, and if and you like, were the cool kid, you knew about it. You if you were the cool Dash, kid, you, you, it, you knew who Dash Rendar was. But, but like, this reminds me, like, the higher public reminds a me. A rich of man's like, Han Solo. I think you got part of that mixed up. Um, but, like, the higher public now reminds me of what it felt like in, like, 2005 to be reading about Cade Skywalker. Like, Luke Skywalker's, like, like great, 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 great grandson who was, like, a spice dealer. I'm just, like, okay, like, how serious, like, seriously are we taking any of this anymore? I'm, like, does this even, like, it's, like, sure, it's part of the continuity, but, like, like, like oh god, what was the old scale like A through like like G for like canon grading like pre Disney? Oh, I don't even remember that. Like and, I, my like old knowledge of like pre Disney Star Wars has basically almost obliterated itself out of my mind. Minus the micro series that will always of course a, that that will always be championed as the greatest thing ever, and it is canon until I am held down and proven otherwise by a team of scientist but i i that's again the higher public i okay i will go back going back to your question about the two uh evil people with the red glowy swords quote unquote quote they unquote could be good. they could be good we don't know but i will say with them is that we did get in the timeline photo at the film presentation or whatever you want to call it media showcase is that like there is an old republic logo now like you have Dawn of the Jedi, Old Republic, High Republic. They they changed it again. It's no longer Age of the Republic. I think they're calling it now Fall of the Jedi. It's the Dark Times, something Rebellion. Age of um, Rebellion. I, I it was that they, at one point about five three to five years ago it was Age of Republic, Age of Rebellion, Age of Resistance. And now they've they've changed it again as to what they're calling the diff. Like we've broken like we, we keep dissecting these time periods and just breaking them down further and further to the point now where like the galactic civil war is now like three or four different like time spans. I don't get why, but it is. Um, it, it, so I don't know. I I think the old I think something is coming with the old uh, the old republic. The fact that we haven't heard anything about the video game reissue that was supposed to what come out in like 2027. It's, can- like, it's at the moment canceled indefinitely, but well, it, it, it's in a holding pattern. Like everything, it's in the same boat as Patty Jenkins' Rogue Squadron in the Ryan Johnson trilogy. Like it's it's in that same like boat. Yes, pretty I- much. Like I said, I this is the first thing Star Wars related that I'm super excited about. Like die hard like i will be watching this like religiously super early in the morning because <laughs> i think i've only done it with like one or two mandalorian episodes and and it used to be like i had to watch them wednesday morning because i refused to go anywhere without watching them because i'm like i will have something spoiled and this season i've been blindly indifferent to it and everyone's like just but, ignore it and i'm like i'm part of too many star wars groups and get like forced notification into my thing plus thanks to our 
our very lovely co-host of Knights of Vader. I have that, like, I can't mute everything I'm in. Oh, Chris Porteous. <laughs> you have uh, about to say, I'm not naming names, but Chris. Oh, Chris Porteous. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I will say that, like, I, like, I was excited yesterday. I still am excited. Still am excited. But I am having to temper my expectations because I don't think Thrawn's going to be your your. I don't think we're getting. I think Thrawn is going to be. Okay, this is how I'm looking at it. I think Thrawn in the Ahsoka series is going to be like your equivalent of Thanos in Age of Ultron. I think like oh we're aware of this presence that's floating around. But I don't think this is someone who's going to become a serious, serious player in events probably until the absolute earliest, like 2026, 2027. I, He's I think be the this big is, movie. Yes. It's that. like this feel this feels like, again, like we're we're like in 2014, 2015, and we're being told, oh, Avengers Infinity Infinity War coming out May 2018. We're like, that's like three, four years from now. See, the May thing 2018 is, is I had like, to think about it, too, for a second. I'm like, Thanos, age of all. I'm like, all right, teaser. That- that's, no, but, no, but think about that. Like, Thanos is at the very, very, very end of the, the Avengers. Like, like it's like, uh, whatever his name was, the, oh, God, the guy who gives Loki the staff. Like, in, like, the the, pro, uh, the prologue of the Avengers. Oh, and, uh, I what know his name he was. has the guy, a name. Yeah. Yeah, prune face, and he has like teeth. He has like no eyes. Yeah. Um, and he's just like, my lord, the the uh, the the Earth people defeated our army to court them. Would to be to court death. And then like Thanos stands up, and like it's not even Josh Brolin. It's just like some some extra, bit yep. more or less makeup. And then like everyone's like, oh my god, like this is gonna be like our big bad, blah blah blah. blah. Then like fall of twenty fourteen, Marvel announces like its entire slate, like for the next five years and it's like the next avengers movie is age of ultron everyone's like wait what like ultron like like you haven't even introduced ant-man yet like how do you get to ultron and it's like so like what's happening with like thanos and it's like it's like may it's like may 2018 avengers infinity war and it's like so wait you're making us wait three to four years for the villain you announced two plus years ago and I think that's the thing with Thrawn. I think Thrawn in this trailer, in this show, is gonna be it's gonna be like what Thrawn was um oh god, Mandalorian season two with us with Ahsoka, where she goes up to uh oh, yeah, lady yeah, 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 yeah. and she's she, like, and Where's she's your in, master? Yeah. Where's Thrawn? Like that's your equivalent of Avengers Thanos. Like it is just it is a name drop. It's there the it, it's there, it's for all the nerds to be like, Oh my god, she's said Thrawn. Oh my god, Thrawn. Like, and that's the thing. And then what? Two, two going on three years later at that point, you're actually going to get some level of FaceTime with them, but it's going to be like Thanos getting the Infinity Gauntlet in, in the post credits of Ultron being like, fine, I'll do it myself. Which and then, has like, nothing Thrawn- to do with the events of Ultron. Well, it kind of does because Ultron's plan was to wipe out half the population of Earth. Yeah. So, well, like, it, it kind of well, the- had a little bit to do with him. Like, not a lot. Like it's very, very veiled. Um, but I mean, you but, do have him in um, because basically, Thanos's timeline is he's at he's pulling the strings really behind the scenes in the Avengers. He sits around and does stuff in Guardians of the Galaxy, but d- does stuff as in sits around. Um, well, he's not. He's not. But this is the thing, though. He's not really. He, he just sits he, in that chair. 
he's well, he's taking a very passive role in what he's doing. Like he's not. It's in, again, it goes back to what he says in Age of Ultron. He's like, fine, I'll do it myself. And he finally like, I, gets that done two years. I mean, three, three years later. <laughs> three no, te- years later. Technically two because I mean Ragnarok ends with him showing up, and then you get well, to sure, see yeah. what he does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah fair enough. But no, I think I genuinely think that Thrawn is going to be in I kind of like an abstract, oh god, ethereal presence in Ahsoka. I I don't think he's your villain of that show. I, I don't think so at all. I see my my guess is we're gonna see him in a flashback. I don't I I don't know. That's a weird one where I don't again, know what they're gonna do with him. That scene that you see the back of his head and where you see that one woman standing that's definitely not an imperial ship of any kind. Well, we also haven't asked where did where did him and Ezra end up? The unknown region. That's what I mean. So, like, I would imagine a lot of this is also going to go back to like, like again, I don't want to speculate too hard because I know it's going to be wrong. But you, it goes back to um, our favorite uh, Star Wars trilogy, the aftermath, Empire's End book. Ugh. Where, if you remember, there's one specific line of dialogue in that where it says the only reason why Palpatine kept Thrawn around was for his vast understanding of the unknown regions. And, and of it course, was like Thrawn wasn't telling him everything the entire time, too. Yes. So even but what that, Palpatine got out of him wasn't even the full picture. But that's that's what I think, though. I think Thrawn is going to be. Your big again. It's the I have somewhere on my computer. I have a picture of like it was a celebration, probably from 2019, where like you have like the like they have like the little brackets and they have like episode one through three bracket, episodes four through six bracket, huge massive gap bracket episodes seven through nine, and it was like something clearly is being planned for that time span between Jedi and force awakens. And I do think Thrawn's going to be your big bad of that time period. I think he is good. They're rich because, because you got the nerd hype behind Thrawn. There's, there's, there's nerd cultural inertia behind that character. It's a character that like, the thing is like, it's in a weird sweet spot where like, like he's, it's like what Thanos was 10 years ago. The nerds on the internet know what it is. But the the kids in the audience, the children, don't have any preconceived notions. So they they have to kind of walk a fine line. We're like, sure, Thrawn eventually gets stabbed, like what, through the chest by Nog? Oh god, the Nagri, I forget what his name was. Um, his little like henchman. But at the same time, too, they're gonna do whatever they want because they already introduced that character and he died during Rebels. So. I I don't know. I I do think Thrawn's going to be your big bad. I do think he's going to be your villain of the quote Mandoverse. Um, I think we're going to see him like Gibby behind things like the spice trade and things like that. Like I, I, what the Pikes were doing on Tatooine and and Boba Fett. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they get how they, they drag Boba Fett into this is if Thrawn is trying to do something with, uh, with Jango Fett's DNA for cloning. I, I wouldn't be surprised if that's how they drag Boba Fett into this. Just simply because, like, Boba Fett finds out that, like, there's there's clones of him still running around. Um, we still haven't talked about uh, the 800-pound gorilla in the room. Are we going to see live-action Rex in this? Are we going to see Tamora Morrison as Rex floating around? I mean, um, if God loves us now. 
<laughs> you don't want to see like like a very. Oh, I'm like, I'm saying that, but of course I'm I'm imagining it right now. I'm like, yeah, it's gonna happen. It, it, that's what I mean, though. So like, I I I, th- I think the Ahsoka show is gonna be very dense. Um, I I think it's primed to be definitely better than like Boba Fett and Obi Wan. Those are very 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 low bars, but I do think that. This show feels like it has a vision to it mm-hmm. that the other ones didn't. Because it's like, Bo- like Book of Boba Fett had no vision. The only vision was he survived the Sarlacc. But what happens after that? Eh, we filmed the teaser like two years ago of him sitting in Jabba's throne. Well, go do that and figure it out. And then like Obi-Wan's thing was just like rematch. Yes. It, it's like, like Also, like, Hayden Christensen is announced to be in this. I... Is he announced or is he still rumored? No, it says it on Wikipedia. That doesn't mean anything. Are you saying Wikipedia has lied to us? I I am, sir. I am. But no, but like, but again, that's all. I would imagine we're gonna see, like you said, flashbacks there. I I I, I again, I, this could go anywhere. The thing about Ahsoka Wait, is that this is. Could they solve the X theme problem by having her be a younger <laughs> version of Ahsoka? If they actually did that and like had two different actresses that both portray the character in some form or another and have them like toggle back and forth, that would be very audacious, but I don't see them doing that. I, I could see them on principle shutting that down. I- I'm just saying, because I'm like, well, if we get them in a flashback, then that may, I'm like, wait. I'm, It'd be cool. I'm be sorry, Rosaria Dawson. You can't do it. You can't. The, I, I could not envision you as a young enough one to where she'd be interacting with Hayden Christensen, Anakin, but cause he is, is listed as Anakin Skywalker. Well, sure. But like, he could also be force ghost Anakin for all we know. So like, it, it, like this, like, Ooh, I don't know. Ooh, I don't know. That, something and just, that never got brought up. You, you, you opened something that my brain has been like, don't think about it. I, I don't know, man. They just isn't revealed toys today of Force Ghost Anakin. Like, it's the first Force Ghost action figure of Anakin we've gotten since, like, 2007. So, like, clearly they're very proud of that. And, and that's one thing I will say that you see that a lot, like, whether it be Lucas. It's one of the very few times that Lucasfilm, contemporary Lucasfilm, defends the special editions. And they defend that hard about Hayden Christensen. They're like, well, that's the one that, uh, the reason why Hayden Christensen, like appearing at the end of Jedi makes sense. Cause it's Anakin redeemed. It's the good Anakin. It's like, no, this is the one that murdered a bunch of children. Like the one that like was an old man missing his eyebrows is the one that found inner peace. Dude. I'm like, I've never understood that argument. That argument makes literally no sense that the one was that was the child murderer is somehow the one that like, oh, it's him before he turned to the dark side. No, this is the one that murdered children. If you want to have the one in turn to the dark side, go get the version that like murdered a bunch of like, oh God, Tuscan Raiders in the desert. Like, again, such a bizarre mental gymnastics argument. Sorry, I'm looking up other stuff real quick. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, what skeleton crew? Because like I said, I'm oh, keeping yeah, my too. my finger That's part away. of it, too. We don't even, like, like that barely got, like, barely blipped on anybody's radar. Like, that I heard they showed footage of, too. But, like, it's hard to discern any info from that. And I think that's coming out next year, yep. I think. No, wait. That's scheduled for this year. Eh, I don't believe Wikipedia. Until I see something something from Celebration, if, unless it's an article written in the last two days i don't believe what the release date is for what that. was this I don't updated think they did. 
Acolyte is next year. Ahsoka is this fall. I don't think we're getting anything else between now and then of live action. Eh, I don't know. Um, I think if I had to guess, I'd say Skeleton Crew is going to be coming out probably next, not this upcoming summer, but the following summer. I Like I said, it seems like I'm keeping my finger way away from the pulse on this stuff because I feel like the more I know about it, the more I'm going to be disappointed. I don't think that's true, though, because like we don't know how Mandalorian season three is going to end. And that like seems to just it, it's not going to have the sort of climax that that season two had. Like you're not going to have that moment where, where Luke Skywalker shows up to save the day. I, I I think season three finale of Mandalorian, I think if even if I knew right now, I don't think it would change my feelings on it. I think it's going to be a very just a wet noodle of an ending. It, it's not going to be much of an ending. It's going to be a to be continued on kind of like it's like the equivalent of like like it's like, oh, God, like you're eating a bowl of cereal and the doorbell rings. It's like it's that level of, of cliffhanger. Like, well, I could throw it out or I could eat it or I could let it sit there like in the fridge and it gets soggy. And like, it's not terrible. It's still going to fill me up. Like, it's kind of like, OK, like it's not going to like if I let it sit there, it's not going to be the end of the world. I, I It's kind of like it is what it is. I, I This season of Mandalorian is trending toward just simply uniting the, the Mandalorian clans. And that's where I could see the episode end or the season ending with like, I don't know, Sabine showing up. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't think we're going to get a, a, a juicy climax here. I, I don't either. I, I think it's going to be lukewarm to say the least. Cause I, I think this is very much a transition season cause they know they're locked in. Mm-hmm. So they, they, they know they can take their time, especially since they use some of that time to derail another show. To get set up stuff, like and and that's and and that's the thing. Like, it's Book of Boba Fett was so weird because it was like there was good moments in there, but they were fleeting moments that that you had to grab at real quick. Well, the problem is the most memorable parts of the Book of Boba Fett are the parts where like he's either barely the focus or he's not even in the episode at all. I, and honestly, the flashbacks though with him with the Tuscan Raiders was probably one of the more interesting parts of the show. Well, you know, the was, whole time we were watching it, we're like, get to him being a BA bounty hunter again. No, he doesn't do that. So it's like, oh, wait, this was the good part. Crap. Well, that's the thing. But like, think about the most memorable parts of the Book of Boba Fett. It was Black Kersantan. It was the two huts. It was it was that sort of, it was watching the Naboo M1 Starfighter be retrofitted. Those were your Cad Bane. Yeah. Like, the, those, well, yeah. Well, we think for now. Like, but that's the thing. The best moments of the Book of Boba Fett were really kind of stuff that didn't involve him that much. Like, think of one cool, badass moment from, from the TV show that, that featured Boba Fett. There really wasn't one. Probably the most interesting, like, the coolest Boba Fett moment in the entire show is him escaping the Sarlacc. And then after that, he doesn't do much. Yeah. And like, and it's not because like it's anything lacking of the performance. It's just he was written to not do anything. Like he he was not given. Like he has some cool moments. Like I was rewatching the stupid like uh, uh, Vesper scooter bike chase, and like at the end of that, once they like corner the mayor's assistant, he like lands with the jetpack, and it's cool looking. But like it's so fleeting. It's like a half a second moment, and it's over. Like. It, it, it's very just like it was written to not be exciting. At least for the titular character. It can't be because you have to have 
Din Djarin still the main thing, which he's kind of just, he's there right now. Like I said, me not seeing the last episode, I'm just saying he's he's there this season. He's definitely physically around. He is. He He's a guy with, he's not Boba Fett. Yeah. He is the most not Boba Fett that's ever not Boba Fetted. Yeah, he'll, he'll walk up every now and then, say something, and then fade into the background for a little bit. Indeed. He he, he is, where's Waldo this season? It's like, oh, there, there's, there's Din Djarin in the background. Oh, wait, he's going to come up and do, oh, nope, 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 never mind. So, I like I said, there, there's there's that. Um, did we get anything about Star Wars Vision Season 2? No, I don't think. I, I don't know. The, 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 we should say that this is recording this on a Saturday evening. It's the, the convention's still going for, I think, another two more days. So, there might be more. I know there's a Bad Batch panel this weekend. I know there's some other stuff. So, like, they also announced uh, Tales of the Jedi Season 2. So, I well, don't know. I, well, according to Wikipedia, which you can't trust, I mean you, Zach, you, you, you the listener, do do whatever you want. Um, May the 4th, 2023, when's when we'll get, so, soon, like, in a month. I am Holy not shit, crossing like in a my month. fingers, because I am not crossing my fingers, because I am indifferent. I'm, I'm, I am pleasantly excited about it still. I, I, I wholeheartedly, Zygnus proudly supports that that was a badass and awesome thing done by star wars as zach is H- have you watched it no okay good <laughs> i admire it as a creative endeavor but as a star wars fan that loves con- like mythology and world building yeah. i i i am indifferent again oh, it, i admire it, it the biggest middle finger the biggest like of middle fingers to Continuity, what the crap's that? Well, yeah, it was designed not to be into that. And that's why, again, like I respect them for doing it. I respect the artists involved. I just, it's one of those things where like I applaud it from the sidelines, but I have no interest in consuming it. But on a positive note, one of the episodes is called, and I mean, these are, um, oh my gosh, why am I, anthology, so not connected, possibly. Uh, one of them is called I Am Your Mother. Weird. I can't wait. I'm excited. Also, um, not as I mean, I'm just saying, not a recognizable lineup for me of animation studios. So I'm excited because the other one had like Trigger and other stuff. So we'll see with that. I know I'm down for that. You'll probably get um upon Zygnus's return because as we're recording this, Zygnus is going on a not complete hiatus, but not gonna be weekly for April and into May a little bit. So I guess that's the announcement here. But I'll be on other podcasts and still doing periodic stuff, like pulling Zach on to talk about a trailer that was two minutes long, and we have spent almost an hour and a half talking. But we are wrapping it up. So yeah, yeah, we're yeah, wrapping we, it up right we, now. We, we, we are wrapping it up, but I'm just saying, if I, I mean, if, if you ever see that Zach's in the title, just understand, me and him are going to talk about nothing to do with the, the topic for a good long time, but then come back to it to give you some juicy, juicy tidbits that we can look back on later and be like, see, we told you. Or completely ignore and be like we never said them. So I'm excited for Ahsoka. I'm, I'm definitely like as my excitement of stuff Star Wars related this year. It's it's high up there. It's higher up there than um than the new uh, the Star Wars Survivor. Because uh, uh, you're more excited about that. Hard. The, the, the Jedi Survivor marketing has been very lackluster. Yeah, it has. You know, deliberately. <laughs> and they're not. But again, the, the marketing for the first game was also very lackluster. Um, 
I will say that, like, again, every piece of Star Wars marketing reminds me of the Hannibal Burris like meme where it's like, in my, in my excitement for new Star Wars marketing, I forgot how terrible Star Wars marketing is. Um, and that's what makes the Ahsoka trailer so exciting is that it feels like there's actual palpable energy here. Whereas, like, most times with Lucasfilm, they just they don't know how to sell something. Um, they just don't. Like, Star Wars marketing has been pretty hit or miss for the last 10 years. Mostly miss mostly miss with the exception of like the force awakens the rise of skywalker um and this and a couple other examples here and there the marketing is is blah so no that's what makes it fun but oh, other than that I, I i'm excited for this i'm excited for uh jedi fallen order 2 still falling yeah. um but yeah, Zenger, thank you for having me on. Always a pleasure to be on Zeng this and uh, deliberately not making it Zeng Wars. Ha! I, I will not label it as that for you this time, but I'm sure when we do Visions, I will make sure to promptly label it as such. Uh, Visions Volume 2. Uh, Zach, where can people find more from you? When I am not talking about Star Wars on the Not Zeng This podcast, you can check me out on Knights of Vader when that records when there's actually something interesting to talk about with Star Wars, hence why there has not been a lot of Star Wars episodes in the last month. Um, and when I'm not doing that, Cinemodis, my involvement with that is kind of hit or miss right now. Um, I think the last episode of Cinemodis I was on was on the Halloween trilogy the, the later sequels the 2018 through 2022 and uh yeah but that's kind of hit or miss but star wars will always be my bread and butter so as always thank you for having me on the zang this podcast Zanger. oh pleasure pleasure to have you always great to have a have a conversation with you about star wars and about obscure movie trivia and knowledge that Nobody needs to know. So on that note, you can find Zygnus wherever you find great podcasts. Um, check us out. We'll be back next time with another nerdy episode. So, bye. the show.